0: to Women's Cricket Chat with me Alexandra and me Hannah. Coming up on today's podcast we've got Georgia Adams. So back in October I spoke to Georgia Adams the Southern Vipers captain and former Loughborough Lightning Kia Super League player. So Georgia starts by telling me about her whirlwind of a summer due to Covid restrictions in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy. In a
1: bit of a whirlwind obviously it just kind of went like in lightning and in super league it was like a six week little whirlwind and then you go away for a long period of time and then with covid went from not probably not going to play any kit to then playing cricket to then going into the comp with no expectations to then winning the comp and having a good comp personally i was like what has happened i still feel like i'm going to wake up and then just be back to normality but no craziness of it all
0: So yeah, tell me about that, obviously, the win, first of all, so like, what has the summer been like for you? Summer was
1: quite literally very crazy, because I think even when we got the go-ahead, and I think right back to the start, when I got the phone call saying, we're offering you a contract, that was a bit like, we're in this crazy, scary time where actually a lot of people are losing jobs or are struggling, and then... I'm getting a phone call saying you're finally a pro cricketer, which is something that obviously I've wanted to do all my life and something that I always dreamed of. And if I'm truly honest, it's a bit pessimistic, but I never quite thought it was going to happen on the scale and on the level that it has happened. So yeah, I think that was the start of, of a crazy summer really. And it all seems really surreal looking back at it, and when we started training as a squad, it was all very much like we're probably not gonna. We we're hoping that we'll play cricket, but it's not looking very likely. So at first, it was a we're just so happy to pick up a cricket bat again and have a cricket ball in our hand, and then obviously as the summer went by, we actually started to get more clarity that cricket was going to go ahead, uh, and we were going to get this competition on. See named after one of the great um, Rachel Hayhoe Flint. So we truly went into the competition with, and I know I personally definitely went into it with no real expectations on how we were gonna do as a team, I think. We were We met each other properly two weeks beforehand. Because even in the training, we had to train apart. So contractor players in England, Academy and England players had to train as one bubble. And the rest of the squad had to train as another bubble. So it was a little bit like we're going to walk out on the pitch together, having only trained as a squad for two weeks prior to this. Let's just go and enjoy being back out on the pitch. And obviously it then... We played some ridiculously good cricket. And as the summer went on, and as the games went on, we were thrown into loads of different scenarios, loads of different situations. And someone always stood up and sort of had that... Game-changing moment, whether it be a, a diving one-handed catch, you know, someone breaking a crucial partnership. It was just, it really was a whirlwind. To go and lift the trophy was phenomenal. I think it was definitely one of, um, if not my, my career highlights so far. Because I think with the circumstances and the situation we've been in, it meant so much to everyone.
0: So, how much training did you get going into that tournament? So you've mentioned the two weeks, but as COVID was striking, did you manage to do much?
1: So I was really in a position where I live in a flat in Brighton and my garden was smaller than this room that I'm in. So actually I didn't do anything cricket wise. I threw myself into loads of fitness stuff and also tried to do stuff that I probably hadn't done before. Like I got on the Peloton app and did loads of cycling and things like that because I've always been more of a runner. So I tried to stay focused in that way and stay as fit as I possibly could with what equipment I had but I properly miss cricket. I got back in for a net here when restrictions eased and club cricket sort of recreational cricket got the go-ahead start again. Obviously, working at the Aldridge Cricket Academy meant great. I can go out there and have a hit and also my boss my coach is also my housemate so we didn't have any restrictions because we were in the same household so I had a couple of hits and then with the phone call of you've now got a retainer contract you're now a pro cricketer you can't play cricket anymore so I was like oh, no <laughs> like I had two sort of two sort of tra- little mini training sessions and then had to stop again but we eventually got going I'm trying to think of the timeline now it must have been July and we just did two sessions a week really small group it was just myself obviously Tara Norris and Paige Gofield and then with time we sort of had the England Academy players like Ella Mack and Charlie Dean joined us but we were still only a group of five training twice a week at Arundel and yes throughout the whole of July we were chuffed to be back training but it was still a little bit we we weren't that optimistic about playing any matches and then all of a sudden it just went from okay you're now playing so it was yeah it was again like I said before it was a whirlwind but we were training sort of twice a week um, Arundel which was lovely one of the best grounds in Sussex and then only got two training sessions together as a whole squad before the competition so we were sort of all thrown in and everyone was like right well listen we've got to crack on now.
0: <laughs> and how was it meeting kind of some of the new players that you might not have played with before and how did you integrate them into the team when you hadn't trained with them?
1: It does feel like a bit of a blur because I think the only good thing is we had, uh, there were six of us from Sussex, so we already were quite familiar with each other and knew each other quite well. And then the majority of, well, I guess the players that made up the rest of the squad, the majority of them were Hampshire-based players, so they were quite familiar with us. So it was more about sort of integrating Sussex, Team Sussex, with Team Hampshire. And we'd been playing warm-up games against each other from a county recreational point of view. So, obviously, the best I could, um, I tried to sort of watch some of the players get a bit of an understanding from them as a cricket point of view, but as people, we were quite literally thrown together, and you never know what the environment's going to be like, how a, how a team's going to gel, how a team's going to click, and I think everyone made everyone feel very welcome. Some of the younger players knew each other from doing junior Vipers, young Vipers stuff, even though we didn't know each other, it really did feel like quite quickly we'd known each other for a long, long time. I remember Charlotte Taylor coming in, I think, third game into the competition and I'd never met her before, didn't know much about her at all and Lottie sort of said to me, I- I'm bringing in Taze um, because, you know, she she offers loads with the ball and she's got a real point of difference, so I'm like, great, let's go for it. And I met her for the first time and I was like... This girl like, is going to be seriously good. Like, just how people came across, how people held themselves. I can't fault anyone in the team. And I, I'm so pleased that we all click and dealt together because for me as a person, environment is really important to me. Um, it always has been and it's always one of those things that I've always wanted to, as a player, be in an environment where I feel really comfortable and everyone sort of gets on and and what's the best for each other and I I can honestly say that we got that this summer so um it was very pleasing to to see
0: and then back onto you now so 500 runs talk to me about that consistency and like that form so obviously gone from like barely any training to then hitting 50s hundreds maybe it's a
1: best when fresh
0: approach um yeah I I think
1: for me personally I, I think playing on brilliant wickets regularly made such a huge difference um the tracks were so true that you knew that you could be as a batter you could be really confident in your method and back yourself to just to play your shots. Like there was never days where I was thinking, oh gosh, the ball's seeming around a bit here. Like I need to stop wafting at stuff outside off stump. It, It just felt like, you know, maybe we got the best of the conditions as well as brilliant wickets. And yeah, I think I was really pleased because for me as a player, I've never had consistency. I've never felt like I've looked back at one of my seasons and gone, actually, I've had a, a pretty decent season. There's always been loads of ups, but loads of downs, and and periods where and maybe that was the the, <laughs> the sort of changing factor is that because it was so short and sweet. When you get sort of runs under your belt, it obviously gives you a massive confidence boost. So I did work really hard with lottie like in that period sort of in august and july when we were training on just how to keep it as simple as possible what is going to be my method and every time i walk out to bat i stick to that method and accept that some days I might come off and some days I might not and I think that that really helped because I was really clear about how I wanted to play and it was very much like we're just going to play to your strengths keep it really simple stick to do the basics really well and that long as well I get a bit greedy I get a bit carried away I want boundaries so Lottie kept kept telling me that I had to be very very patient
0: <laughs> and you were bowling again it's been a while for that hasn't it <laughs>
1: I thought there was a typo. So when we got the programme, we we've been told that we've got the go-ahead to train again. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Lottie's like, right, I'm sending you the programme through. I'm like, OK. I look at the programme and it's like, obviously it's got fielding, batting, bowling, and then initials in the time slots. I'm like, that's my initials in bowling. <laughs> and I was like, that's not actually happening, is it? And Lottie was like, yeah, why not? You may as well. Like We've got this period of time where you can get a bit of technical input and actually work on it and see what happens. If you're really not confident, then we'll leave it. But actually, if if you do all right, we'll probably need you at some point in the summer. So it kind of went from there, really. And actually, um, despite having a very probably round arm and unusual and unorthodox action, obviously, I had the upper hand because at the start of the competition, people would not have been expecting me to bowl. (laughs) So might not have prepared to face me, um, I think. So... I battled the whole way through the comp as a captain. When do I bowl myself? Because it's something that I've never had to really think about. Like, There's been an occasion where I've bowled for Sussex, but it's been kind of by default. Like The pitch is absolutely ragging. We just need to go slow, slow, slow. I'll truck a few balls down and hope for the best. So, yeah, again, it was um, a bit of a whirlwind, but something that we're going with and... I'm now having bowling sessions, which is very, very unusual and new, but we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> well, just to let you know, when I did a quick Google search as well, just to find your latest stats and stuff, your oh. Google profile comes up and it says Loughborough Lightning bracket bowler.
1: Oh there we go I'm not a batter anymore I'm a, I'm a bowling all-rounder I'm gonna on my profile and stuff when I log what I am I'm gonna be like bowling all-rounder yeah. <laughs> so we've recently actually just done sort of our, our I guess they're a bit like appraisals but our player reviews with the coaching staff and I guess bowling is something that I've never been that confident in because I know my action is not great and I just haven't done a lot of it I haven't had much input I haven't had much coaching so it's not something that I've ever really thought about too much and then like it got to bowling I, I delivered sort of my work my, my strengths and my work-ons for batting and then Lossie was like, And you bowling? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I honestly don't know. So um yeah, it's I was quite pleasantly surprised when I saw my stats actually that came back from the comp. It wasn't too horrendous, but I will hold my hands up and, and admit that most of the time I was probably bowling at the lower end of the order rather than the top end of the order. So um the other bowlers had to do all the hard graft.
0: I mean a wicket's a wicket.
1: A wicket is a wicket. You know, I just have excellent catches on the boundary.
0: <laughs> and then who did impress you most in the tournament? So you've already mentioned uh, Charlotte Taylor. Talk to me a, bit, a little bit more about her, but who else?
1: Oh my gosh, like my list could go on. How much time have we got? I think toes impressed me more so with her attitude and her maturity to her game. For someone who's probably never been on an elite pathway or structure before, I remember the very first conversation I had with her on the pitch and said, right, What sort of what field are we going for here? Are you having a short fine in? Because obviously off spinner, traditional, and she went no. I'm balling with a new ball. I'm going to block off. I'm going to have two points. I'm going to dart it in there. I'm going to keep hitting fourth stump, try and angle the odd one into off stump, but generally I take it away. And then she said, later on when I come on, I'm just going to go a bit wider and I'm going to dart it into the stumps. I was like, you carry on. Like, So I think that was what impressed me most. And I think she is hugely talented without realising how talented she is and very sort of humble. Like, I loved it at the final when they were saying like, so you kind of bulldozerous and you take it away. Um, you take it away from the bat, how do you do it? And she just went, I don't know. And I think that's the best thing about Tay. So obviously she came in and the circumstances as well, having had a few injuries. She impressed me loads. But I think there was people, I, I think Paige Gofield flew under the radar. So she always did brilliantly with the ball, but possibly because she never was taking, she was never the match winner in terms of taking fifers or or, or getting 50s. Um, she flew under the radar, but she, she played a massive role for us in the field and with the ball and is capable of doing big things with the bat. So I think she's quite an exciting player. Charlie Dean, oh, like I love Dino. She was brilliant and actually. When I first watched her bowl, I got really excited because it's not often you see off-spinners in the women's game who can generate the amount of turn that she can. So she's obviously still a young player coming up. I think she's going to be a really exciting player to watch. And she scored quite a few runs for us as well with the bat. Ella Mack very young and we had 200 partnerships, I think, at the top of the the order. So I think, again, she's another player who's going to be one to watch. Really, really exciting. But I do think I could keep going on about the team because I think there was moments where somebody stepped up like... My Boucher in the field, oh my God, she took catches I've never seen anyone take. And it, it makes such a big difference. Emily Windsor having such a level head with the bat coming in down the order and scoring the run she did in the final, it got us over 200, which when you look at how the final played, it was a massive innings. Even though she's not come off with a 50, on if you looked at the scorecard, you don't realise how big that innings really was. So, And Tara Norris with the ball as well. She took loads and loads of wickets throughout the comp. So I, I genuinely think loads and loads of names in the team were exciting and our average age is 22. So I am the granny of the team, which is worrying. But I think we've got an exciting few years ahead of us because we we can really build on this platform and, and work with these players long-term. So if they're already this good, how good are they going to be in four years' time?
0: And then just quickly on your captaincy as well. So talk to me about the way you approach your kind of like captaincy on the field and as a leader behind the scenes as well?
1: I think I'm a very laid-back person at the same time I'm very conscious that I get extreme white line fever but I think as a captain I've always battled with the confrontation part and and not being assertive enough and I'm in a really fortunate position now where I'm working with possibly one of the most admiral leaders in women's cricket in Charlotte Edwards so I've had so many discussions with Lottie just about leadership, communication and I think captaincy as a captain all all I try and do is make sure that my players are feeling as confident as possible and that they have my backing and support when we walk out onto the pitch and I think from a captaincy point of view it's so important that you have that good relationship with the coach and the management team as well from a communication side of things if you're all on the same page you can then sort of really make things happen and get on top. Of things, if things go wrong or things get miscommunicated. So, I think all I really try and focus on is, is making sure that I'm as planned as possible. Do your prep the night before, make sure you're clear about what your bowlers' plans are so we're not having to sink on our feet about what field they need. And again, when I look at what was going on in the warm up game and the first game, as opposed to what was happening in, in the last few games, I, I really feel like I grew as a captain. I did more homework as the, as the comp went on because I realised it with how important it was and also how much easier it made things for me to then just go and be a player as well by prepping more. I think when you're winning, obviously environment, captaincy, leadership is very easy. So possibly haven't been challenged yet. But I really feel like in such a short space of time, I grew as a leader because I had so much reassurance from Lottie and so much clarity on plans and ideas from Lottie. And by working more so with the bowlers and having that time to prep, it made such a huge difference and made my life a hell of a lot easier. As a captain, I think what you want to be doing is thinking about the plan B. So you want your bowlers as confident as possible to be able to deliver the plan A and then realistically it's over to me to come up with a plan b if needs be but again i had support you know lottie steve's things that I, I think no one else sees and picks up on and reads the game better than anybody i've ever known which just helped me massively it just certain things like if so and so comes into bat get a seamer on or try coming around the wicket and darting it in there and set this field and and she was so detailed with individual players and, and plans For individual players and how to shut off people's scoring options and and what to do in certain situations I was like wow I I, like this is where I want to get to and hopefully with time if I can be half the leader that she was I'll be happy
0: just drawing now onto your Sussex career over 100 caps youngest player to ever do so what was it like getting the 100th cap there and just tell me about your journey.
1: Classic me, I turned up and I remember warming up with Sussex that day and looking over, going, Why are my mum and dad here? The game doesn't start till eleven and normally they're late. So normally they'd arrive at half eleven, just as I've got out and gone, Thanks for coming, like you didn't you didn't yet see me back. And I was thinking, this is really bizarre. Like, my parents are here an hour early. And then all of a sudden, we got brought into, like, a big huddle. And they were like, we've got a cap presentation. And I was thinking, like, we've all made our debut. I honestly had no idea what was going on. And then, obviously, Alexia Walker was like, it's your 100th cap. I was like, really? I guess because it always feels like we don't play enough cricket. It always feels like we're waiting for cricket. That I, I just had no idea that I'd actually played that many games i was like this is crazy so um yeah it again very surreal and very honored to have obviously represented county that many times i'm very passionate about sussex and again with this new structure it, it was hard to sort of leave the sussex badge behind a little bit but at the same time to see sussex players come through still and you know, to to play games at Hove, um, to train here at Aldridge. We're still seeing some of those glimpses of Sussex affiliation in there, which keeps me happy, I guess. But yeah, I think I was really, really lucky as a youngster. Like I, I had the backing and the support here at Sussex, even when we had a team of I think when I was 15 breaking into the side, I'm trying to think now, we had players like Holly Colvin, Sarah Taylor, Laura Marsh before she moved to Kent, Caroline Atkins, Rosalie Birch, Georgia Elwes probably missing someone really obvious which would be really embarrassing, all playing in the team at the time and you looked around and was like this is very daunting like half the England team are playing for Sussex right now but they gave me opportunities even with the likes of that team, I was still given an opportunity to open the batting small things, they still trusted a 15, 16 year old to stand in slip. So I feel very privileged and very lucky to have had such a supporting county throughout my career. And I, I again, I was really lucky to have opportunities you know, to open the batting with Caroline Atkins for many years, to bat with Sarah Taylor for many years, and then and then to captain the likes of Georgia with Danny Wyatt, Sarah Taylor. I was thinking, gosh, this will be a challenge because they know a hell of a lot more about the game than I do. But actually, you know, player that I've worked with and everyone coming in has always been a huge support and and has fitted into the environment brilliantly so it's been I've been I would say as a player I've had a very positive journey with Sussex and and was always really fortunate to have been trusted and and given opportunities as well.
0: And then you've already kind of mentioned, but who's been your greatest inspiration in your cricket journey so far? That is
1: a difficult question. I think obviously I honestly don't think I would have been playing cricket if it wasn't for my dad. I grew up watching my dad play cricket at Hove and Every weekend without fail, I was there with the other kids. So like Murray Goodwin's children who were a hell of a lot younger than me. But, you know, I used to love it because we just used to be in the nets like Tom Moores, who's obviously now doing really well under his dad at, at Nottinghamshire. Like it was all I can remember as a kid was just being in and around cricket and, and playing cricket and watching cricket. And I just kind of knew that that's always what I want to do. So I think obviously my dad has played such a huge role in that and has always supported any decision and any choice that I wanted to do and not been too forceful with anything either he's very laid back very chilled out and just kind of let me get on with it and do what I wanted to do which I I think you know looking back now I, I get asked all the time like you must have had loads of sessions with him and really I didn't and actually when I did used to ask him he used to palm me off to, to one of the other players because he just didn't like doing it. Cause I guess he probably didn't want to get into an argument or something if he said the wrong thing. But yeah, so I think obviously him foremost. But I think Claire Connor was massive for me because growing up in the way that I did, I, I didn't know anything about women's cricket. I, I to be honest, I didn't really know it was a thing. I grew up just always playing with the boys and in and around the boys. I actually had no idea that they had a women's only team. So Claire Connor was kind Of my first glimpse into, oh my gosh, like a women's cricketer can go all the way and you can play England for cricket, like you can play cricket for England. And she was quite influential, sort of. Uh, So I think she's always been someone that I've always admired and looked up to. And and I think still, when I hear her speak or read articles that she's done about the women's game, she speaks so brilliantly. She's a huge inspiration to show that actually you can have a full career in women's sport and women's cricket and have such a huge impact on the women's game um, even by not not playing because she obviously had a huge impact as a player but I think she's probably had even more of an impact with what she's done since playing so um, yeah a massive inspiration obviously you just can't fault the likes of Charlotte Edwards with what she achieved with that England team you know that you've got to be a special person to have the success that she did and and to get the best out of people so yeah that's probably my main three really
0: just quickly as well what was your dad's reaction when you told him that you got the pro contract
1: yeah, he was um, He was chuffed to bits. He was actually the first person I phoned. I did try and phone my mum first, but she didn't answer. Yeah, I, I spoke to my dad and he was just, I think he's just really pleased that, that hard work paid off because I've never been able to walk away from cricket. Obviously, when I left the England Academy pathway, I was a little bit at this crossroads. Where do I go now? Counter cricket wasn't professional. And then we only had Kia Super League, which was for six weeks of the year, which was an incredible six weeks of the year, but you just wish it could have been for the whole year. So I think, yeah, everyone was just so pleased for me. Like the support I got, obviously, from my partner, from my family, to actually see hard work has finally sort of paid off. And the dream of becoming a professional cricketer has actually come true. I've said it before in interviews, Like I can now look back and go, well, actually, I didn't play for England, but I was a professional cricketer and, you know, I had X amount of years captaining the Vipers. What, what a brilliant achievement. So it feels very surreal to be able to say it still.
0: You just said, um, you, like, obviously, like, you didn't play for England kind of thing. Do you think there's still a chance, though?
1: I would love to. I think everyone, obviously, in whatever sport they choose, wants to get to the top. And I would love to be able to represent my country. But I know how talented they are and I know how good they are. Obviously, I know quite a lot of the players really well. So it will be interesting to see sort of what happens. Obviously, Lisa, Lisa came in charge. And and then not long after COVID came and hit and, and things have all been a bit crazy for them. So I can imagine like Lisa probably still feels like she hasn't seen enough of her own players that she's got in front of her anyway. So I kind of, uh, this year was the first year that I, I went out and played cricket without thinking too much about England. And did surprisingly well. So I think I understood at the attitude that if it happens, I, I hope as a player and as an in individual that I'm, I'm ready to sort of take on the challenge and perform. And I, I would love more than anything to, to represent my country. But I think if it doesn't happen, then you know I know that I'm still in a brilliant environment down here and I, I'm in good hands with Adam Carty and Charlotte Edwards. So we'll see. We'll see what happens get in for a bowler might, they might need a spinner now so
0: <laughs> and then just talking about the england academy so you worked with lisa what was your journey like with any kind of cool tour stories and performances that you can remember yeah like oh
1: my goodness i had a, a great sort of three years on the england academy i think the first year was a little bit of a write-off because i had hip surgery so they were very patient with me um and i was learning the ropes somewhat what hard graft and rehab actually looks like but yeah I I was really lucky and privileged again to go on the, the World Cup preparation camp to Abu Dhabi so the year England women obviously lifted the trophy at Lords which is still one of the best games of cricket I've watched I think I think three months prior to that we were out in Abu Dhabi training and, and playing sort of internal matches against each other to prepare the players to do so so I think that's got to be one of the best tours that I've been a part of because it was challenging and it was tough and, and you knew that you know everyone was a little bit on eggshells because it was a world cup here people were playing for spots and actually I was probably in a privileged position where I went on that tour going well I'm I'm probably not going to get picked to play in the world cup squad so I can actually just go out here and enjoy it and, and show them what I can do so I think I did all right I know I scored a 70 odd or something um, in one of the games but that was definitely one of my highlights and I think I I also was really lucky to go to India on a batting camp Uh, there, there wasn't many of us that went actually Lydia Greenway I remember it vividly Lydia Greenway came out with us And I spent, I did a session with her once and I did an hour's worth of just the sweep. And I remember not being able to walk after it. Like my whole glute had like seized and I was like, oh gosh. But I think from an experience, obviously going to countries like that, it's such an eye opener because out there, cricket is like football, like it's huge. You look out on the streets and everybody is playing cricket. Everywhere you go, there's cricketers on billboards or people just playing street cricket. And obviously it's such a big culture shift that that was brilliant to go out there and sort of experience the way they do things and, and play on challenging surfaces that rag a mile. I remember they just brought in some young boys to come and bowl at us. And we had to do a whole session on picking this one one. It's googly because he had the best googly i've ever seen and none of us could pay, play it or pick it so um, he bowled a fair amount of overs at us <laughs> but yeah so i think uh again i i i had a brilliant journey with the academy and was under lisa for a year and a half or two of those years as well and lisa was brilliant she she didn't do a lot of the hands-on coaching actually she was just more of a, the manager and she I remember we used to go in for our little sort of one-to-one meetings with her and chat away. Uh, and she was really good at sort of getting to know and understand the individuals that she was working with. But she was very much an overseer rather than a, I'm going to chuck a thousand balls at you this winter, um, I guess. But yeah, I had a really good relationship with Lisa, I thought she was brilliant.
0: Loughborough University, how long were you there for? And what was your journey like within the MCC programme?
1: I was there for four years. Four years, Um, yeah, I absolutely, I think going to Loughborough was one of the best decisions that I ever made for my cricket and I will forever, despite we did have a few hiccups and a few rows, I will forever sing Sally Ambrick's praises because um, if you were someone that wanted to put in hard graft, she would put in that hard graft with you so she would be chucking balls for hours and hours and hours on end I remember I think it was a Thursday which she'd get to the to the indoor school at probably eight nine o'clock and would still be there chucking balls at people at six in the evening so Loughborough played such a huge role in in my journey as a cricketer and actually when I went there in my first year there I'd just fallen out of the England under the nine set. 19 set up because i was obviously too old to be on it and and not good enough to be on the england academy pathway so I sort of said to Sal like I want to work really really hard and I want to do everything that I can to get into the England pathway again and we just did quite low level stuff like just loads of drilling loads of volume hitting balls hitting balls and I think that first year that I was there I had one of the best seasons I've ever had I scored 300s for different teams one was for the England Academy because I got drafted into the summer stuff across the year and just generally like was a bit more consistent than i'd ever, ever been before and on the back of that summer i got into the academy team again so i think i was always really grateful and always had a brilliant relationship with sal because she worked me and challenged me so so hard but i knew that i could i had that relationship where i could go to her about quite literally anything as well when i i started there i remember going to getting into the first team and turning up to training and we had annie Shrubzel, Georgia Relwis, Lauren Winfield, Beth Langston, Nat Siver, Amy Jones and I was like looking around going like, people like Tammy Beaumont dipped in and out of some of our sessions, Catherine Brunt dipped in and out of some of the sessions. It was just crazy. Every session was a challenge because you were facing in and around the England players and, and being put under a lot of pressure to form and scenarios were always exciting because they were 99% end up in an argument or a row or a heated battle at some point but yeah obviously like very very proud to have gone to Loughborough and um you know I was desperate to always represent them in the Kia Super League so I think when that opportunity came along as well I was very pleased to be back in purple despite having left the uni I was like I can't get out of the pink and purple so um yeah like I think four four of the best years of my life really and uh, I just can't speak high enough of, of the place and what it did for me as a person and as a cruiser
0: So what was it like um, obviously representing Lightning for was it three years in the end in the Kia Super League?
1: Uh, two years I did with Lightning so I did two with the Vipers and two with Lightning so I think yeah I was I went through this sort of emotional roller coaster because I remember sort of having conversations with Sal saying I fell out of the England programme which meant that England couldn't when we were part of the England programme they obviously put us in teams so they told us where we needed to go And I actually had an amazing time with the Vipers and and loved being part of the Vipers. And they had that Sussex affiliation too. Um, And I fell out of the England team and was desperate to get an opportunity to kind of prove them wrong, I think. And I think having the relationship I had with Sal, I knew in my heart of hearts that if if I was going to perform to my utmost... It would be, I was very much an environment person and I knew that Sal would get the best out of me. So I signed for Loughborough and then two weeks later, Sal texted me saying, I'm moving to Australia. So I was like, is this for real? Like, But at the same time, she obviously left lightning in in excellent hands with Rob and my best friend was captain in Georgia Elwes so it was definitely the right move I think for me at the time I absolutely loved the environment I loved representing lightning and you know we had such a a good two years when I was there because I think the first year was when we sort of had Rachel Haynes and Soph Devine and Elise Villani who were on fire like I think I didn't bat in like three or four of the games because you just watch them score so many runs but unfortunately we obviously got to the final and and didn't perform so it was very professional I think that's the best thing about Loughboroughs they've got the best facilities a really professional program so many staff members oh my gosh i think we had more staff and players at some at some point. like but it was brilliant because you you had so much support in every avenue so um i really really enjoyed my my two years with the lightning
0: and one of my favorite moments um with lightning was seeing you with minion building those like oh my... middle order partnerships and stuff so yeah tell me a little bit about those but also like who was your favorite overseas player to take some inspiration from That is a very hard question.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think, obviously, I knew um, Mignon from playing with her at the Vipers. And I can honestly say she is the nicest person you'll ever meet. And she's so calm. Every time I've with her, we found ourselves in some very tricky situations. And... I'd just walk out and she'd just be like, it is what it is. Like, we just got to play to our strengths and we'll see what happens. And I'm like, what a great, like, she just has a brilliant outlook on everything. Um, I do not think there is one negative or bad word you can say about Minxie because she is, um, she's brilliant. And again, like I learned so much from being in and around people like that. And again, so humble. I remember I I was feeling like I needed to hit a few more balls. I wasn't feeling great. I wasn't feeling like I was hitting the ball well. And Minxie just took me off. We went inside, set up a bowling machine. She said, let's just do some power hitting. And she like fed balls at me. We were going for like an hour, hour, hour and a half. And I just think she's one of the most downed worth people I've ever played with. But I must admit, I think Villani is one of the funniest overseas I've ever encountered. She cracked me up. And when she played half the season in that dodgy pink, bucket hat thing like all because of her hair just brilliant like I I, yeah I definitely think she was um, she was up there with funniest overseas I've played with but they have such a huge impact on the game I know there's been a little bit of negativity around it's such a short format and having three overseas meant that English players didn't always shine or get opportunities but what younger players can learn from being in and around overseas players and I always recall back to my first ever game of the Kia Super League at the Vipers um, and I opened the batting with Susie Bates because Lottie went down with concussion and it was a massive eye-opener for me because Susie was going to me right I think Boggy was bowling at us Laura Marsh and she's going she's set this field which means this is obviously what her plan is so I'm going to try and step out outside off stump and hit her over there because she's going to try and bowl this wild chat. And I was like, I need to be more observant about what's going on because I was very much, as a 21 year old, just react to what was bowled at me. I didn't, I guess they're the sort of one percenters that make batters um, go that extra mile. And, and you've obviously got the skill and the tools to be able to you know, step outside off stump and whack them over there. But I think seeing the way Susie went about her business and just the way she quite literally talked me through my innings. So I, I think I got 45 that day and she just was talking me through what she thought all the bowlers plans were and what her options were going to be and she never forced them upon me but she was like this is what i'm going to do if you want to do it like i think that's what they're going to bowl at us so yeah i think that was the moment when i was like that's where i need to get to to take my game to the next level especially in 2020.
0: especially last season you and minion literally i think lightning wouldn't have probably qualified like if they didn't have you guys because those middle orders i can just remember at um was it lancashire
1: yeah we had a bit of a we were like four wickets down weren't we very quickly <laughs> it's like what's going on
0: <laughs> and you got up for match that game as well
1: I know, it's always a bit like, uh, it's funny as a cricketer when when I've gone out and when you're desperate for runs, things never go your way or you get a bad decision or you play a stupid shot and you're like, why have I done that? And I think in the last couple of years, I've just started to see me lower my expectations of myself and actually just try and really simplify as much as possible what I'm doing. And I think my best innings for Lightning were always when I went in with time And we had to rebuild. So it was almost like when you're in those situations as a batter, all you can do is go to your strength. You're not worried about playing fancy shots or hitting boundaries or doing any of that. You just play to your strengths and go from there. So I think that goes a long way. And that was definitely sort of the mindset this summer for me, playing the longer format, playing 50 over cricket, was just bat for 40 overs. And don't worry about dot ball percentages. Don't worry about scoring options, playing 360. Just bat. And then at 40 overs, assess the game, see where we're at, and go from there. So it's quite a simple approach, really. And I think every player, every cricketer is guilty of overthinking everything. And actually, sometimes when you go in in those scenarios, I actually found it easier to go in having to save the game because it meant I could consolidate myself a bit more and just be content with hitting ones twos trying to find the gaps rather than going i've got a scoop i've got a reverse i've got to paddle this over there i've got to whack it over for six like where you start thinking too much about what your options are and i did have minks to sort of calm me down as well
0: (laughs) no definitely and then that's my final lot of my cricket questions so just tell me a little bit about like your family life and what you do outside of cricket
1: Yeah so obviously uh, well I'm currently engaged which so it's a lot of wedding planning going on at the moment which is quite scary. Um, How is it going? Yeah it's going all right. I think I'm frustrating Amy a rather large amount because I am very laid back so she'll sort of ask me what what do you think about this
0: and
1: I'm like yeah I don't mind. You do realise you have to have some input on this wedding Um and I'm like yeah 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 but it, it's going all right so I think that at the moment that is probably occupying most of what we're doing but I am a massive coffee fan I'm a bit of a coffee snob so and I'm very lucky living in Brighton that there's a lot of nice cafes so I've taken it upon myself that I have to try every single one and also I love my food so actually going to nice restaurants and I'm not a fussy eater in the slightest I don't there's many things that I've come across that I don't like so I just like trying different styles of food different stuff going out obviously socializing again living in Brighton it's a brilliant place to be because it's quite a sociable place Um, not when you have COVID rules and and you're limited to a group of six but yeah that's generally me really and obviously got my bulldog who is like my best friend I try and walk him but it's always a bit difficult because he's probably the only. on the planet where if you show him the lead he actually just runs away because he's like don't make me go on a walk so actually walking him sometimes becomes more effort than not so there were times in lockdown where I was just going for a walk by myself, like because he out and out refused. Obviously, as well, like I do, I work in cricket, so it's still in cricket. But I, I also work full time still at Aldridge Cricket Academy in a coaching capacity because I sort of found in the last two years I threw myself into loads of coaching, which I absolutely love. And then this contract came along, and I was a bit like, okay, so I've the dream come true has happened, but I, I don't want to like walk away from coaching and i still want to have an impact and work with players so i think i'm in a position currently where i can kind of have the best of both worlds and i'm very fortunate that obviously here at, at the ultra cricket academy they're supporting me through that as well and and want what's best for me and want to have me on board in some capacity so yeah that's me really I, I either found eating drinking coffee or coaching <laughs> when not playing cricket but I am a little bit of a gym junkie as well, but I don't have the big muscles that go with it. <laughs> One day, maybe. No,
0: that's perfect. And does your younger sister play as well, or have I made that up? You are correct.
1: Actually, my youngest sister, Molly, scored her first 50 for Sussex. or well, her first ever 50, but her first 50 was for Sussex this summer. So Amazing. I can't quite believe she's taller than me. She's like, oh my God, let me get this right. She's 13. She's taller than me she started like running loads as well so she's just going like this getting really strong and fit and scoring loads of runs so I'm like oh my goodness I need to up my game like <laughs> I think I'd had a couple of games for Sussex and didn't really make any scores and then Molly came in and smashed a 50 and I was like no pressure now but yeah she's uh, she's doing really well and she's a keeper as well so I quite like that she's got a point of difference um, because obviously it must be quite hard on her and not only having sort of my dad, but then having she probably gets oh, all in your sister plays. So she's kind of got her own identity. And I keep, even though I think she finds keeping hard work because she's so tall now and it's a long way down, I keep telling her you've got to keep keeping because you're really good at it brilliant hands so I'll keep I'll keep hanging on her her about that yeah she's she's also a cricketer so a bit of a cricket family middle sister doesn't go near it she was like I'll come and watch every now and again but she was like no chance I'm playing cricket
0: (laughs) I was like convincing Amy to play is there I've tried in the garden
1: she had actually she my dad has bowled at her in the garden before I mean she's a dancer so she's got quite good sort of coordination but I think when Amy's around cricket she's like nothing's equal so obviously cricket's very one-sided like you stand side on and you lunge one way and, and whereas in dance everything is your right has to be as good as your left and everything's parallel and everything's the same and she's like cricket scares me because when I watch people bowl I'm like how is that like possible so but occasionally I've had her in the nets a couple of times but I, I don't think she's I don't think we're gonna transform her over to cricket anytime soon equally I don't think she's gonna transform me into a dancer anytime soon soon <laughs> she's very worrying me doing ballet
0: are you not getting any um, dance lessons from a wedding
1: you know what i've been losing sleep over this dance situation have i said to her. I was like can we just have it for like 10 seconds and then stop but she's quite chill actually like she did say i think my mum more so my mum keeps saying should we have a routine and we all do a routine and i was like absolutely not i said you can with amy <laughs> but um yeah no dance lessons i mean we have had actually like a couple of dance sort of like team building things uh that she did with sussex beforehand which are very interesting seeing some of the cricketers moves i think we're not natural movers by any means but i tell you one person who is actually very good at dancing is nat siver okay Uh, she can dance i have witnessed it firsthand she is a good dancer but other than that i don't think cricketers are cut out for, for dancing really
0: what kind of dancing are we talking about here just general like we did a we did a street
1: dance thing before I mean when I've seen that dance it's probably not in an appropriate environment um in the in the student union at Loughborough but um Nat's actually. We had a few forfeits. I remember it like at light at Loughborough training, we had some forfeits where people had to do dances if they came last. And I remember Beth Langston, Amy Jones, and Nat having to do this forfeit, and Langers and sort of Jonesy were like bobbing up and down next to her, and Nat was actually like in rhythm, in time, sort of looked like she knew what she was doing, and
0: I was like, she could definitely dance. So basically, yeah. we need to get a call out to Strictly to get Nat on there.
1: Get Nat getting out she'll probably hate me for this but getting that so everyone straightly i reckon it could
0: happen massive thank you to georgia adams for being the first guest on the podcast and if you want to keep up to date with georgia adams you can follow her on twitter at georgia adams01 and on instagram at g adams01 <laughs>